0: Future. Talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think the future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at UBNRadio.com.
1: Thank you for being Boulevard.
2: Life is a banquet, and most poor suckers are starving to death. I'd like to propose a toast.
1: Oh my God, it is going to be a bumpy night. I can tell already because I'm sweating my collar off already. I'm turning white before your eyes. Um, ladies and gentle people, uh, I'm Kelly Rippa and I am back to the show. Oh. Oh. You look too so soon. different in person. Yes, well, I'm paid differently, too, let, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, everybody's dying left and right, and uh, Cher's sitting there like, oh, yeah, right? Because she'll be around for like longer than anybody. She will everyone. She will go to everybody else's funeral, and she will be queen of the people, as she already is. We have so much diversity on today's show. It's like the United Nations of of talent. Like we Don. have everything. Um, And I'm the most unpolitical person here. (laughs) And all of us come from diversity and adversity. Like, we've all fought over something. Like, I got a really bad paper cut in college once, and I almost couldn't finish my final. I mean, it was like, (laughs) these are the stories of our lives.
2: It's amazing that you're here today. It is.
1: I will tell you how amazing it is. So I switched from Uber to Lyft, because Lyft offered me, like, $50 in credits because they've missed me so much. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Celebrity! Yeah, on Lyft, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I went to my Lyft today, It was a one-door car. I mean, not a one-door. I mean, it had two doors, but not the four-door. I hate small talk, which is really funny because, hello, that's my job. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was like, there's no door back here. And I was like, I have to sit in the passenger seat. So I pulled out the papers. (laughs) I was like go to Cower, go to Cower, go to Cower. <laughs> and then you I know how Lyft... I uh, well, um Well, and then Lyft texts you when they're at your door. So I always tell my mom I love her before the show. So I texted my Lyft driver that I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I was sitting, as I sat in her car, and she's already thinking I'm a weirdo because I'm like this. And then it's like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Did you get a good ride out of it? <laughs>
1: She's not my type.
2: (laughs) So, this is what you're like on alcohol? I can't even imagine you. Oh, it has not kicked in. It has not kicked in.
1: People are like, Do you do cocaine? Number one, does it look like I do cocaine? Absolutely. Yes. 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 From from the medical field. Here we go. Here here we go.
3: I need Red Bull to keep (laughs) up with him.
2: I'm exhausted just listening to you.
3: (laughs) I'm exhausted being me, sweetie. All right. All right. Truth
1: be told. Welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, Kurt, uh, our, our trusty engineer here. Do you have a pun for us t- today? I, I do. I don't have a mic, though. So I, that's how it. I like it. Yeah. Um, what What's your pun? I was thinking about getting rid of my spine. You were thinking of getting rid of your spy? Uh, spine. Spine. Okay, yeah, so you got married. Just, yeah, it's just holding me back. It's, oh, it's ow, just holding him back, ow, ladies ow, and gentlemen. Ow, ow, ow. You've got to give the straight Ouch. people some time on the air, you know? And this is what happens. For our new listeners, find <laughs> us on Twitter and Instagram and on the rocks on air. Um, and I'm on Facebook and the interwebs on Um Today's show is presented by Rocks Vodka. <laughs> we drank way too much. <laughs> Hey-o. They actually have a new case, but it's on a plane right now and it didn't get here today. It's
3: empty and the show's just starting. Right.
1: Wow. But it's so delicious that it stays with you. Um this is our official <laughs> vodka. It's so good. For days and For
0: days. For days. <laughs> days and
1: days. Uh we're also sponsored today by Overboard on the Queen Mary, which is the biggest Long Beach Pride Party, May twenty first. I am one of the hosts. I will be there in the VIP tent I with Jay Rodriguez. That one year. Oh, you did? Yeah. That, I, I don't know what lube to expect. We talked about. Yeah. Well, that's our next sponsor. Good segue. <laughs> next segue. We're also sponsored by Spunk Lube. If you need it, it's there. <laughs> Do you know they sent me a box? Do you know who takes home the Spunk Lube? You would think, oh, it's it's for the gays. No, it's the straight people keep taking my lube. Mm. Right, Kurt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a newlywed so so there you go um, thank you to Spunk Lube and also uh, Pinwheel app which is a brand new app and they're retweeting everything from the show and they're uh, go follow them at uh, pinwheel underscore LA and it's all of LA's hottest events and if you have something put them in your, in your tweet and they'll retweet you for free
4: is that a real thing
1: it is J. Lewis Mills
4: Spunk Lube is a real
1: thing yes <laughs> he gets like a network show and all of a sudden uh-huh. the diva just comes out. He's questioning everything yeah. that I'm saying. But
2: does it smell funky? Um, no, it's it's, no. it's spunky. It smells
3: spunky.
1: Wow. Not funky, it's like, spunky. It's like yeah. Debbie Reynolds. She was known to be spunky,
3: not skunky. No, 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 no,
5: no. It's like jazz hands.
1: Jazz hands. <laughs>
5: Um, And the next J- week... Jazz hand
1: Can you imagine Liza Minnelli?
5: <laughs> <laughs> he goes flying like,
1: everywhere. mama,
3: was is that you?
5: Everybody buy my jazz hand lube. <laughs> like, fosse, squirt. Flossy Flossy fosse.
1: fosse, fosse, fosse.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, actually. That This is solved. the classy <laughs> show we in- <Yeah>. have. <laughs> can you imagine? I'm Liza. Yes! <laughs> well, she sponsored everything else. <laughs>
1: Except Betty Ford. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but we love her.
1: The Betty Ford in Palm Springs... I'm telling everybody has the best Sonics right across the street. <laughs> I know. That's where I usually tell my friends to pick me up. Anyway, next week we're uh, we are introducing the mom segment. Kurt, do we have the poster from last week for that? My mom is going to be Skyping and giving advice. Just so you know the, the relationship I have with her, she posted a picture of her damn dog today, and I said, oh, the last time you took a picture of me, it was my ultrasound, right? And she said, oh, do you want uh, white... Red or uh, whiny wine, or something like that. Like, that's that's the advice. That's the kind of nurturing care. So send your questions to info at On The Rock's radio show, and she will answer them live on Skype, which I'm very scared of. That
5: is everything.
1: (laughs) It's okay, Kurt. The moment has passed. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for trying. This yeah. is all about adversity, this show. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kurt. We're overcoming obstacles. Yes. Uh, no, Kurt Kurt is one of the best. Um, as a reminder, on May 24th, I am uh, returning to Rockwell. Woo-hoo. I'm singing Woo-hoo. Donna Summer, Stephen Sondheim, Britney Spears, and uh, just added to the roster, Dolly Parton.
3: Are you gonna dress like all of them too? I don't need to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's implied. It's there. Anyway, so buy your tickets at rockwellla.com. Uh, tickets are be filling. Oh, and Mindy Sterling from Austin Powers, love her, love her. Um, she's raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. In fact, we have a picture there. Um, she's actually singing a duet with me, and she's bringing some of her celebrity guests. Uh, Speaking of her celebrity friends, she is giving away on charitybuzz.com a dinner with for you and a guest. Uh, with Mindy Sterling and Sherry (gasps) O'Terry.
5: Love her too! Stop
1: it! Yeah, and I can't tell you where it's gonna be because we're gonna make a big announcement, but it's like, (laughs) it's somewhere where you
4: wanna be.
5: Super secret. Yes. You don't need to raise She's your <laughs> hand. He's so polite. Our guests are so polite, he's raising his <laughs> hand.
4: Is Sherry O'Cherry the short chick from Saturday yes. Night? Yes. Yeah. Please because call her that Spartan when you meet her. Yes. Are you the short chick? Because
1: like, I'm on NBC now, bitch. She does bitch. The
5: cheerleader <laughs> thing. Who's that Spartan? Yes. yes. Of, it's me. Right, it's me. And it's weren't,
2: me. Weren't you a cheerleader? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that oh.
3: Sorry, sorry. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, cans are open. All right. Well, since we're there, let me just
1: in, let me just introduce our panel. Oh. Uh, That's another conversation. <laughs> Not going there. Now I really want to know. Yeah, I was a cheerleader at some point. Anyway, uh, one of my guest co-hosts is Paul Bradley. Uh, he's a consummate um, international uh, musician, composer, producer. Um, he literally performed all over the world. Uh, you worked with Steven Schwartz on Disney's Geppetto. Uh, had a little input on *Wicked*, um, and uh, most importantly, you were the music producer and composer uh, with Lou Pearlman on the Chippendales World Tour in the '90s. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's what it sounded like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little higher pitch, I think. Yeah. A, little, <laughs> a, little, a little higher
1: pitch. <laughs> You you put the magic in magic Mike. Actually a lot of people want to put the magic Ooh. in Magic oh, Mike. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> um but most recently you are an author. In fact, I just read your book this weekend, um, The Spirit The Spirit King. And it's like an Arthurian uh, inception, like a life within a life type dream. And so you are a new author.
3: I am. I've been I've been writing for a long time, but this story has semi-autobiographical qualities to it, so there were parts of my life I felt like I really needed to get out there, and this is uh, uh, sort of a spiritual adventure journey, fantasy. Uh, did you? I mean, it's a it's a kind of a wild read, isn't it? It goes it goes between the real world and the dream world and intertwines and. And and blends and and it and deals so, with like yeah. growing
1: up and 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 death and how you perceive spirituality and the earth and like Greenpeace is in it like <laughs> everything is in it
3: magic and dragons and oh boy <laughs> oh my, oh my. <laughs> my.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah. you you've been you've been in the industry for a long time you've done so much um I found one of your early headshots that I want to play the black and white one Kurt uh, yes. oh my <laughs> god been made in this. Yes. Oh,
3: wow. wow.
1: Your leg is on a tire. Please. <laughs>
3: I forgot about that. Talk
1: about Spunk Loop. Um,
3: that yes. Was, that was, in the, you could tell <laughs> that was the 80s. Good <laughs> one, Kurt. He now on the ball. It. Thanks, Brought Kurt. Brought to you by Spunk oh. Loop. That would have been a good ad. Um, yeah, that's when we all had big hair back then and um, thought we could all be on Saved by the Bell or something. I don't know.
1: Um, <laughs> I also have a picture of you in a leotard uh, dancing. in. Oh, in God.
3: A- chorus line. <gasps> Mm-hmm. That's, that's I do even, research, girl. <laughs> no, I just had a
5: moment. <laughs> 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 that's amazing. Um,
3: yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. My pri- prior life was a dancer, singer, actor, all that. Well, stuff, and but.
1: you've you've composed a musical too. That's has yes. some some workshops. Yes,
3: we did a Disney ASCAP workshop. We did a, two years ago. UCLA did a workshop of it. It's called Chasing Dreams. Um, and it's a, a full, basically. Oh, now you're getting the Hercules stuff up there. That's not fair. Yeah, you also worked at Disney, <laughs> so you've worked with like
1: half naked people and then Disney people. Like, how much uh, <laughs> prescription drugs are you there. on? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine on your you, resume? They're you like, said you have work an for Chip and You're yeah. Disney. It's yeah. like, no, not Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale.
3: <laughs> yeah, Paul Bradley from Chip and Dale from yeah. from Disney to Chip and Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was fun. I'm, I, those were fun days, the Hercules days. But um, wh- what are we talking about? Chippendales now? No, no, th-
1: like <laughs> the musical.
3: The musical. Um, is there a part for a that's, Husky Latino that that's sings Dolly been, Parton? Well, it's been 18 years. Uh, Stephen Schwartz is actually a mentor with me on this. And wow. he's been a dear friend and a, a very supportive energy through the entire journey and he's it's very um,
1: picky at, uh, about who he collaborates he, with and mentors by the way I've he, met him many times he's like to me goodbye <laughs> well he's
3: straightforward he's direct he's brilliant he, he knows what he's talking about and, and and he's such a great guy too so and and I'm lucky to call him a friend
1: I was at yeah. a benefit uh, concert that he was at he actually played his music on stage which was amazing yeah. and then he came to talk with people at the table and I was schmoozing and then he sat at my table when they served the desserts and I thought you know I'd be funny and be like uh, excuse me sir you're, you're in my seat you're eating my dessert Do you might moving he looked at me and I thought like I know who he is
3: like it's a joke not a joke <laughs> not a joke fly monkey fly but, uh, but music music is always a part of my world even in the 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 book there's there's you know notes to that and and I have a like this fantasy of writing the whole score of the of the, of the, well, mu- because of the you, movie because I wanted to book to become a movie too. well
1: you also insert poetry in it which is very lyrical yeah yeah
3: Poetry is is also a part of his journey too. The lead, lead character, um, yeah, and that's as a songwriter, it's all connected. You know, we as as an artist, we we want to project everything that comes from the heart. And music is is my my soul. You know, that's where it all comes from. And uh, I I hope one day the musical will will get to Broadway. That's where. Where I'm,
1: Fine, I'm, I'll be in it. Just stop begging me. We'll, right? find a, we'll find a part for you. We'll find a part. Did you like that? The janitor sweeps on stage. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Jess hands. Spunk Loop. Yeah. Musical sponsored by Spunk Loop on Broadway.
3: How about I write a part for you? Yeah, right. That wouldn't be hard.
1: Wow. Oh. Moving on. I'm afraid of this one now, too. Like, if you're bringing this one, Sash. Returning to On the Rocks is one of my favorite, favorite mm. peeps. Um, Katie Sullivan, born without two legs, but she'll kick the crap out of you two <laughs> times over before you even know like, what's happening. You're like, what happened? <laughs> um, actress, activist, a Paralympic national champion. You've been a nip-tuck. My name is Earl, NCIS, Last Man Standing. Uh, your film company, uh, Sula Flynn. Uh, you, just, you just had this big campaign.
5: Yeah. Oh, so we were. Do you were, remember?
1: Were you there? No, I wasn't
5: there. Like, I have people that do things for me. <laughs> no, I'm just
1: kidding. I'm totally kidding. There's the sass.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Um, no, we, uh, my production company, Cellophone Productions, took part in the 48 hour disability film challenge, and we were part of this huge campaign of, I mean, honestly, the, the, the reason that we got involved in it in the first place was just sort of the whole part, the whole idea of inclusion and not having it beat you over the head with it, but just like seeing people that may be a little bit different than the average person on screen and things like that. Um, So we try to challenge ourselves in those way to tell, to tell those stories that are not um, about being, having a disability or whatever, but like including them in some way. So that's kind of, what we're up to
1: these days. I love it. I saw one of the parodies was a parody of Re- Rear Window, <laughs> which was so funny. Um, what I love about you is that you encapsulate everything as what I think of as an entertainer. Um, you're gorgeous. Uh, your modeling pics are amazing. Stop
5: it. You go out
1: and do 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 good. Like you've been traveling. You you talk to kids, which you know I could never do. Uh, here's a picture of you looking so happy with these kids. I'd yeah. be like, can I sit over there?
5: Can you, can you
1: Photoshop me in, please?
5: <laughs> yeah, you were there, weren't you? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, But you literally are spreading the word and trying to force studios, and you're trying to force uh, uh, disabled and enabled people to get involved in the motion picture industry to, to say, hey, it's not unusual for you to cast somebody that looks a little bit different than somebody else
5: no it's so funny my producing partner and i were sitting in a um a bar the other i mean like we sit other places not only bars but like we <laughs> were like, in a bar we booker for a your bar. school today yeah, yeah, i'm a i'm an inspiration <laughs> you're like listen um, kids yeah. let me let tell you let me tell you how inspiring mama is no um, put no, that on your no. reel <laughs> <laughs> no but they're literally we were sitting there i'm a double above me amputee we were sitting there at one point a little person walked in and then someone with Down syndrome walked in and we were like, how is this not a joke? Like, what? Like, I can't believe that this is that. Like, a little person, an individual with Down syndrome, and a double amputee walk into a bar. Like, what is happening right now? Ryan
1: Murphy somewhere is like, oh, yes! casting! Uh, yeah, no. But this is what I love about your attitude, because and and Suzanne, uh, we're going to talk about about your life journey as well. Is is using kind of comedy to to kind of overcome things in your life, and to put other people at ease. To say, look, the problem is your problem. How you perceive things. It's yeah. not my ability.
5: And I, I mean, I think that to to me, that's sort of the what we're trying to do. It's I I feel like the the roles that I've played on television and the time the opportunities I've had tend to be because it's like. Precious, or inspiring, or whatever, and sometimes you're just going Wait, to precious get
1: precious. The movie?
5: No, oh. like, like precious, like oh shit, <laughs> like adore, like it's it's treated in a precious way. But yes, no, I was not impressed Precious the movie. <laughs> I was that never is fa- That is false advertising. <laughs> no, but like it's treated in such a way that it's very careful, and sometimes someone who has a disability is just getting milk. Like, that's a thing. So it's like, you know, Seinfeld meets disability and trying to bring that together. And what is that? That's kind of what we're, we're up to and what we're trying to do.
1: And we'll have a general discussion, but it seems like Hollywood is stopping and starting, stopping and starting. Uh, uh, we have J. Lewis Mills uh, here from NBC's um, uh, Heartbeat. And there was a scene, and it was a, it was in a club, and people were dancing, and there was two guys dancing they didn't have. They weren't characters. They were just. They were just part of what what happens. And I was like, "Girl, where's that club?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and they had nachos too, so I was all about it. <laughs> but it seems like we go forward and then we kind of come back, yeah. and then we have the Academy Awards, and then we're like, "Oh, you know, African Americans." Like, well, how about the Asians and the husky Latinos?
5: I uh, and everyone else.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yes. <laughs> no, I mean there there is that whole idea of like hashtag oscar's so white and all of that stuff and that all happened but it's it it's not just race it's also you know ethnic. you know politics politics and and, <laughs> and what your you know ha- what your body looks like and all of that stuff there's so much more to it than just um race there really is
1: well, I'm so glad to have you guys um, co-hosting because with your backgrounds and everything, um, I'm sure you'll be able to be politically correct and offer some intelligence <laughs> to this conversation. You just say a prayer, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like In crap. Spanish, yeah. <laughs> Rosary. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to welcome our guest. Um, like I said, this is this is such a like a wealth of diversity. Um, Suzanne Wong. Uh, People Magazine's 100 Most Beautiful People. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like how crazy.
2: That was crazy. I don't understand that. That was in 2006, and the editor of People Magazine just chose me as one of them. It wasn't even my publicist pushing for it. I just thought, what?
1: Because your face has been everywhere. Um, <laughs> you're a host. You're an actress. You're a comedian. Uh, you were on House Hunters, a host for almost 10 years. You hosted at the Academy Awards for the red carpet for Oscar.com. You even co-hosted with Dick Clark for the bloopers. I sound awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are? No, but, I mean, look at this. Like, I was like, let me yeah. print out her credits. I'm like, no, I'm not going to kill a tree. <laughs> <laughs> you're currently on here TV, on here on out, and I, I, watched, I watched the pilot episode. Oh, that's a little <laughs> steamy by the way it is steamy it is like I wanted to play the trailer I'm like I can't
2: oh am I not allowed to swear
1: no you can't <laughs> oh
2: okay you okay. can't I just want to know
1: cause I can blame it on oh, like those <laughs> guests <laughs> <laughs> Um, you've been in one of my favorite shows Arrested Development the final two episodes of Dexter like all eyes on you right? stop it yeah uh, you were on NBC's Las Vegas for four years, General Hospital. Um, then you were in Constantine, one of my favorite movies that is so over, or underrated.
2: Wait, so I
1: can't believe you've seen Constantine. You were, th- you were the, mo- <laughs> so I've seen it like about 20 so times. So the
2: opening sequence the, of the, the movie. The soldier ghost, right, the
1: possession, right. and the mirror, so, oh my so, God!
2: So this is my audition. I have no lines, right? I'm supposed to be this um, Filipino mother living in a tenement, um, and my daughter is... I think she's sick. So I'm wearing a house coat and I have no makeup on and I have bed head and I'm making her tea to bring her tea into her bedroom, right? Because she's not feeling well. <laughs> and so I, I walk down the hallway, I open the door to bring her tea. She's not in her bed because she's hanging Honestly. upside down from the ceiling, <laughs> possessed by soldier demons with yellow eyes and her veins are on it. It uh,
1: happens, it happens. And, yeah. So, yeah. and all yeah. I'm supposed to do is, is
2: drop the tray and, <laughs> and scream. And that's, that's my but part. But it's
1: such a good scene. And then Shia LaBeouf comes in, and then Keanu Reeves <laughs> is like, oh, I need to act. You know, I mean, it's like... <laughs> and Pruitt
2: Taylor-Vince, who's that uh, actor with nystagmus, yeah. he's so
1: amazing. What
2: is that? It's, you know, it's just one of his eyes sort of... Yeah, vibrates, and he's such a good actor. You know who he is, right? Oh yeah, he's no, no, me. I know exactly who he's he is. Such a
1: talented actor. And yeah, a yeah, guy. yeah. It's such a great scene. So if you haven't seen Constantine, number one, the whole film is great. Tilda uh, Swanton, Swinton. Swinton is in it. So good. The whole concept is so beautiful, and I'm so mad it was not um, <laughs> uh, received well. What but you're in the obscure. very first. Yeah,
2: I was. That was a tiny part.
1: Um, Two and a Half Men, Nip Tuck, Boston Legal. We both did Nip
2: Tuck. I know. And by the way, when I first auditioned for Nip Tuck, I hadn't seen the show. So after I got the part, I thought I better watch the show before <laughs> I, I go shoot <laughs> it. It, and I'm watching it through my fingers because they're showing all this plastic surgery close Ooh, up and I'm yeah. like ah! I can't and then I end up getting so many surgeries because <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm a stage four yes, tit cancer survivor can it's, I say I'd tit? Say, I saved that for oh, the sorry, end oh go ahead I, 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 I saved uh, that
1: for the end I jump the gun
3: <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead
2: go ahead keep does going does your
3: eye vibrate now too? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, my left hip <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's so much better. It's
5: so much better.
3: I'm sure. <laughs> so on the comedy side,
1: <laughs> you are the first winner of the Andy Kaufman Award um, at the New York Comedy Festival. Your stand-up character Soon
2: He Park. That's right. She's fresh off the boat from Seoul, South Korea.
1: I watched. Oh okay, the, I'm. I'm. Politically incorrect, not by choice but out of stupidity. <laughs> I watched your YouTube clips and I blushed in the very first your very first line. I was like, I can't, I can't. You couldn't? Be- no, because like you hit racism like head on in this a. This is funny what I way. do.
2: I created a character. It's a satire of racism and prejudice and stereotypes in America by becoming that very thing. By becoming the innocent, naive, fresh-off-the-boat Korean girl who's never done stand-up before. English is not her first language. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's terrified. If if it goes badly, she's going to go home and kill herself and cry on stage, maybe. And then I proceed to unwittingly tell, because I'm just learning things phonetically, the most racist, (laughs) offensive, vulgar, blue sexual jokes, but I just... You know, like, oh, I don't know. Everybody laughing. yay! You know, and and so that's it's sort of like the Archie Bunker kind of a character where Norman Lear was addressing racism by creating a character. There was a three dimensional character that said a lot of fucked up things, but you also understood where he was coming from and you sort of fell in love with him, but you hated him. So that's sort of what this character is.
1: Love it. Love amazing. it, love it. Amazing, amazing. I mean, when I blush, but I laugh at the same time, I'm like, damn, why didn't I think of that? I want to be a Korean woman. You're not, <laughs> you're not Asian. Well... <laughs> On Friday nights, I am. <laughs> um, but you are a cancer survivor, and um, you were diagnosed with, with stage four cancer, and you were told, oh, hey, you have six months to live, and you're like, I okay. said, no, thank you. You're like, let's not tell anybody. I don't
2: think that. Oh, well, okay, so it actually started in 2006.
1: We don't have that much time.
2: I've had breast cancer three <laughs> times. Oh, I might be dead by the end of the show. Oh, oh no.
1: <laughs>
0: so I have had breast
2: cancer three times in 10 years because, like most Asians, I'm an overachiever. <laughs> (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Anyway, so the third time it metastasized to stage four, which is the worst. Stage five doesn't exist. Stage five is you're dead. So, yeah, and when I first got the diagnosis in 2006, the very first time the doctor called me and she said, your test came back positive for breast cancer. And I said, wow, this is going to be great material for my stand-up comedy act. (laughs) Because tragedy plus time equals comedy. This is going to kill, right? And she said, what? You just need to come to see the doctor. Anyway... The third time around, it metastasized to stage four. I had done some surgery and some Western medicine, and I thought it was gone for good, and then it kept coming back. and, And I kept it a secret. In Asian culture, it's considered really disgusting and tacky to talk about your problems in public. You're supposed to just be like, No, everything fine. everything perfect. Don't worry. And we're supposed to keep everything a secret. But we weren't meant to go through things alone, and it turns out we're only as sick as our secrets. And as soon as I came out of the cancer closet and started talking about it, I got, I don't know, I received a tsunami of love and support and it sort of cracked my heart open and, and I was loved back to life, to but be you, honest. But
1: you've inspired a lot. You've talked a lot about this and you've inspired so many people to not give up hope, to to use their inner absolutely. To- it's a
2: mind-body-spirit combination. People don't realize. I think it should be illegal for a doctor to tell somebody, you have two weeks to live mm-hmm. because the people that idolize doctors and think that every word that they say is true, whoever the doctor is, guess what happens in exactly two weeks? That person drops dead. I mean, it's just, you don't know any individual's mind, body, and spirit and the way it all interacts and their journey on the planet. You can say, based on what I've seen before, just physically speaking, this is how I see the situation. That's very different than saying you have two weeks to live. Anyway. I was given six months to live five years ago and I did a lot of different things. I'm writing a book about it. I did Western, Eastern, alternative, holistic, revolutionary, illegal things, but I changed what I eat and what I drink and what I think. Oh, I started to I'm meditate. Dead. <laughs> I'm <dead. laughs> I started Amen. to meditate and I, I learned life and spiritual lessons. Every woman I know who has or had breast cancer has spent her whole life taking care of and nurturing everyone else but herself. Mm-hmm. And this journey is about turning that back around and prioritizing self. Self-care and self-love and accepting and receiving help and love, which was unbearable for me at first. It was it was so awkward to just stay still and slow down and let people come over to my house. And I'm like, "Ah, I can't handle it. (laughs) And I thought I didn't want to burden anybody. And they said, What are you talking about? When we're not doing well, we tell you and you rush in and love us back to life. When you're not doing well, we have no idea. And we don't get to rush in and love you back to life. And you've been jipping us out of half a friendship. And I thought, wow, I never thought about it that way before. And I, I really just feel so blessed. I feel happier and healthier now than I ever did before I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So. Well,
1: I, I tell you, your energy shows up in everything that you do. Because um, I've seen a lot of your different projects from from the high budget to the low budget, <laughs> yeah. everything in between. <laughs> and it's the same energy and professionalism that you bring, which is great. Um, so speaking of medical stuff, I... My weekend was was ruined at first because I was like, "Oh God, I, you know, I have to I have to do some homework for the show." And then, like, my whole day went by, and I was just enamored with NBC's newest show. That's why we have Katie Sullivan Was for, for the sound effect. <laughs> Heartbeat. She's so, a
2: Foley artist. <laughs> yeah. Who knew?
1: Terrible. She can do everything. Stop, fire she do everything. her. <laughs> She's
5: terrible at she, it. She
1: can even take her leg off and play the flute if she wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the soundtrack of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. She
5: was like, Woo. Yeah.
1: The Elfin people, it's That's all Katie Sullivan.
5: Just Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Okay. <laughs> J. Lewis Mills Jay Lewis, you show up in L.A., you decide to be homeless for uh, a little time, and then you get cast as a series regular on NBC's newest hit, Heartbeat. So I watched the pilot, because I I always love to see and read and everything, who I'm going to have on the show, and then before I knew it, I had watched all of the episodes. Can't wait for tomorrow, Wednesdays at 8. It's the lead-in to Law & Order SVU. Dun-dun. Dun-dun.
5: Sorry, I'm I'm falling down on the job. Jesus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jay Lewis, how are you? Good. You play Good. Forrester? Yes. Uh, God, I don't even know how to explain the show. I was amazed that it's based on it's based on a real woman. Yes. Um, explain the show to our listeners who are going to watch it all tomorrow and tonight.
4: <laughs> well, as you said, um, heartbeat is based off of. The life and experiences of Dr. Kathy Magliotto. In 2006, she wrote a book called "Heart Matters." Right. Um, so our pilot was loosely based off of um, her book. Our episodes, our show is loosely based off of her life. Every one, there's nine people in our cast, and each one of our ca- each one of our cast is done off of a real person. So we had anywhere from like three to five weeks that we could spend with each person. That that's are, are crazy. Oh, that's awesome. mm-hmm. That is Absolutely. crazy. Wow. Yeah, so like n- none of the people on our show were thought up in a, a, a writer's room. Um, so we actually have a responsibility and respect to the person that we're portraying as well as to whatever our, um, our field is. Like me, a perfusionist, a perfusionist is a person that if you have to go in for any type of a surgical procedure and your heart is stopped, you're hooked up to a machine called the heart-lung machine. And that keeps your body going and that, that actually acts as your heart. And that's what the perfusionist does. Um, between the perfusionist and the surgeon, I was told by a perfusionist and a surgeon that the perfusionist and the surgeon are the two most important people in the room. Um, I know that Dr. Magliotto told me herself that her perfusion is the one that I studied and researched. He's her wingman, and uh, inside and outside of the uh, uh, operating room. So that's why Forrester has a little bit of the the. Uh, Protectiveness that he has because he's the wingman.
1: Well, I tell you, your character because you have a lot of silent moments, That's silent true. but deadly, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. right? <That's> <laughs> like you, you, when you're in the scene, it's like, wow, you guys, Jay Lewis is here. Like yeah. everybody, calm down, calm down, he, he's here. Tell me about the casting for that because your agent kind of threw you through your name in the hat. You were new newish to the scene, um, and the role is is not your typical cast role.
4: No. Um the story that I was told was um, they weren't going to see me for the role, but my agent talked them in to seeing me. so um, she called me. yeah, very good. Super agent Gail Williamson, I <laughs> love <laughs> what, you like a play cousin. <laughs> Um,
1: what up, Gail? Yeah. <laughs> give me a call, Gail. Husky <laughs> Latino. Give, give us all a call. Gail. Yes. <laughs> the Spirit King, starting me. No, tell yeah. <laughs> you what, if Gail,
4: if Gail, Williamson calls you, if Gail Williamson starts representing you, you will definitely work. So nice. you want to be on her mm. good side. Um, she's, anyway, she's gonna send
1: you a basket of something tomorrow. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So she, she she set it up, and you know the 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 uh, the role was meant for an amputee. But when they when they saw me, oh my god, oh you guys! Oh my god, <laughs> Katie's so. Smackdown! <laughs> it was meant for an amputee. It's and okay, I forgive you. I still love you, baby. She was born that way. It's fun. fine. It's <laughs>
1: fine. It's totally fine.
4: And once they saw me, they they um I, I remember in the uh, in the callback, I was uh, auditioning for Miss Amy Brenneman and our casting director, and I went through the scene once, and Miss Brenneman said, you know. Instead of saying, because the line was, when I lost my arm in Iraq. Uh, she said, instead of saying, when you lost your arm, let's try saying, once you lost your eye. And just, just, just her asking me to do that, it just absolutely changed the dynamic of the scene.
1: Now, I, I know some actors are so fussy that they would be like, you know what, that's, like, that's not your business, that's my story, that's, <clears throat> don't use it for your own. But you were just able to, it fine, and, and go with it.
4: Any person that does that doesn't belong in this business because this business is Boom. all about telling stories. Mic drop. What? That's what? all there is to it. I, I don't. I really don't like people like that. So. Ooh. Well, it's, I don't like it's... people, so we're almost. <laughs> <on set>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a question from the chat room. We do, yes. Um,
1: they would like to know if the surgeon is still actively working as a doctor. Is the surgeon still actively working as a doctor? Because I know that she's on set, right?
4: Yes, yeah, she is on set. You know, I, I really, I, I don't really want to end I think she is. I think Dr. Magliotto is still doing surgeries. I don't know for sure. I'm, I'm sorry if we ever asked that question, That I don't have a real
1: answer. What I love about the show, you know, because like, oh, another medical show on TV. Um, the show is about more research and new procedures. And since it's based on real stories, mm-hmm. every story is so exciting. And how everybody rallies together. <laughs> I love how tight the cast seems to be with the chemistry. Yeah. From the pilot, it's right on. You know, how sometimes you see the pilot and it's like, ooh, that was kind of awkward. Will and Grace pilot. Anybody rewatch that? Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Um, you guys seem so put together as a team. How, how do you guys build that chemistry on set?
4: It's just, uh, we, we all like each other. We all appreciate each other. And we, we know that each one of us is there to do you know, our job. We don't tell each other how to do our jobs because we're confident in each other. Um, I remember when we were shooting the pilot in Vancouver. There were a couple of NBC. Oh okay, yeah, where
1: is it shot? <coughs> where is that building? It's so beautiful.
4: Which one? Which building?
1: The hospital building.
4: Like uh, the interior. We were, there, there was there was two different ones. Okay, so the when you when it's the it's hard to explain. So one of them was an auction house in Vancouver, and another one was a uh, an old abandoned mental hospital. Oh. And that was creepy. That was kind of hot to be in that. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was wow. It's like I was turned we on we know yeah. way yeah. too much
5: information yeah.
2: now. It was, <laughs> it was very it was, it was hot. Is it called heartbeat because all of the cases have to do with heart patients?
4: It's called heartbeat because it's about a thoracic cardiothoracic heart surgeon. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we were we were on set and the, the there were two NBC reps that were there and one of them they asked me, you know, how long have you guys known each other for? And it was about a week or 10 to 10 days and I said only about a week to 10 days. And the rep even said, you know, it seems like you guys have known each other for years
1: and th- that chemistry really comes across Yeah. since you're that yeah. close to Jamie Kennedy can you tell him to brush his damn hair like, <laughs> what is happening with that hairstylist
3: there's a lot I like to tell Jamie Kennedy <laughs> oh, wow. I thought you oh. all liked each other <laughs> <laughs>
4: I do Jay Lewis loves Jamie Kennedy yeah. Forrester really can't stand it. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> season two there might be some development uh, do you uh, do radio
2: because your voice yeah. is like oh I want my. him to do oh. like the oh audiobook of my life oh my. My.
1: I was a top Stop. in West Hollywood are you the sexy character on the show, because yeah. Yeah. when you started talking, no, I, I, so I, sexy.
2: I, I started to melt.
0: Oh, well, yeah. thank you. Let me tell you,
1: all of the guys are so super sexy. Uh, Wilson Cruz has guested hey. a while. Uh, David Annabelle, whatever. Yeah. Um, but when, when Jay, Jay Lewis is <laughs> in the room, on. it's like... <laughs>
2: right? Look yeah. at him and then he opens his mouth to speak. It's like, uh, yeah. I don't need paddles to,
1: to, to resurrect from this.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I need an audiobook for Clear.
1: my Clear. <laughs> <laughs> See? I, I get the agent yeah. profits. Sorry, Gail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, thank you very much.
1: I want to talk to all you guys because you guys have all been on set. You guys have have guested on shows. What's it like being a guest star on a show that's been long running, and then being as part of original cast of a major network?
2: Can I please tell you one of my please. favorite stories? You didn't raise your hand, network. but I, I, I went like this. I sort of <laughs> half raised it. So <laughs> I I had an audition to play a character on NBC's Las Vegas. It was a co star part, a four line co star part to play Polly, who does massages and manicures and waxes Happy not not really not
3: supposedly <laughs> uh-
2: for you know, it's James Khan and Vanessa Marcel, Josh Dumel, yeah. James. LeSure, yes, right?
3: oh god, right. I watched it. Right, oh, sure, so yeah. some right. of them would want to have. We're end. all
2: there. Right. <laughs> We're with you. Right. So, in in the show, Vanessa Marcel plays my boss, and she comes to me and confronts me and says that somebody complained that I had overcharged this woman two hundred and seventy five dollars for a bikini wax, and my character Polly says, "No overcharge. You see her before? She hairy like a man. I have to go all the way around corner, clean basement. I lift up a sheet, look like a jungle." That's basically my whole part oh and she's supposed geez. to and she's supposed to say polly uh, obviously you know she was overreacting and i say customer not always right and then that's it and i storm off
3: I think I saw that so, episode.
2: So anyway. It's Four a, years later. Someone <laughs> really remembers her lines. It's a, <laughs> but it, it was because I had been doing this stand-up comedy character who's so much like this character for years. And then I look at this written by some white Jewish guy thinking, oh, I feel sorry for the other actresses who are showing up today because this is my... Part. I'm going to bring a fully fleshed-out, three-dimensional performance to this part. It's not just some, you know what I mean, silly thing to me.
4: Does that anyway, ever bother you? I don't mean to cut you. Off, I was going to ask that too, Jay Lewis. Do you? Does it bother you that a Jewish white cat wrote something for you?
2: Uh, No, because it was so in alignment with something that I I believe in the power of manifestation, and I had created this character and been performing it for years, Mm -hmm. and then I attract something that this is perfect for. So I was fine with that. Anyway, so I get there, I do the part, and it's supposed to be, you know, I'm on set for maybe 10 minutes. Vanessa and I are talking a little bit beforehand, and I'm making her laugh, and then we do the scene, and it's a three-camera shoot, so as long as you know, everyone's happy with the audio and what we did, then we move on. And she says, hang on a second, Robbie, who's the director. Uh, Suzanne's a stand-up comic. Why don't you give her a free take? Let her improvise and ad lib now that you've got that one in the can. Oh, my
1: God. But th- and don't your nerves just, like... No, no, because I'm an improv
2: comedian. I, I so bet she was so on <laughs> cloud nine. I was on yeah. cloud nine. And by the way, this never happens. No. A beautiful female star of the show giving another beautiful female on the set more opportunity to shine? It just doesn't happen. So he said, sure. So I'm thinking, what's happening right now? They're treating me like I'm Jim Carrey or Chris Rock or something. This is great. So I just go for it. And by the end of it, the crew guys who are usually you know doing crossword puzzles and yawning, they're on their feet. People are cheering. And I just thought, that's going to go down as one of my favorite shoots ever. I go home thinking, you know, that was that, because it's a one-day co-star. Unbeknownst to me, Vanessa starts going to the writers every week and saying, this is where the character Polly should be in this and this and this and this. And because of her, it turned into a four-season recurring guest star
1: role. Wow! I wow. mean, and James Conn is wow. still calling you for massages <laughs> <Yeah>. and
2: stuff. <laughs> you know, but Josh Duhamel is—he's such an underrated actor because he's so not handsome. my book. He's not. <laughs> but he's a really talented actor, and he's funny, and he's got danger, and he's got
1: a large talent. I yes.
2: <laughs> we had a great time on the show, but well. I, you know, I'm just so grateful for. For somebody like Vanessa, who's really a, she's a girl's girl, and she just supports other artists, and she wants to make the show the best it can be. Not, how can she shine the most, yeah. but how can the show be the best it can well, be? Well, she lets you rock it unusual. out. Yeah, she it was let incredible. you do your thing. It I was mean, amazing. It's like, and, and we've been best friends. When you get friends. the best work. Yeah. Right, and we've been best friends ever since. So. Yeah, yeah,
3: they let you, you know. We don't you.
4: have, we. I don't, I've I've never done anything to a big level like this other than heartbeat, but I can say that. Uh, it's NBC's I mean, on a Wednesday. I think it's. Sorry. I think it's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what I meant was I've never done anything before. to this caliber before, before this this show here. But um, starting in when we were doing the pilot, I remember our director told us he was like, um, you know, we're gonna let you guys improv or let you fly a little bit. And I mean, I'm the new kid on the block. I did not expect him to say that. And then when we started, uh, when we were going into before we shot season two or episode two. One of our, our producing director called me into our office and she said, you know, I'm the producing director and she explained to me what that was. And she said, you know, we had a conversation and we liked the improv that you and Jamie were doing in the pilot. So we're going to let you continue to do that. And I, don't, I, I know that there was never a table read that we were at. That we made it through the table read without somebody improvising something, or else when we do it on set, we get it. Like she said, they get it in the can, yep. and then the director is like, "Okay, now do you want to do anything? Is there anything? Are you feeling anything? Are you feeling anything? Okay, well let's that's move great. on." That's so awesome. it's just it's just absolutely amazing, and that's
3: the sign of a good director. I mean, look at the Coen Brothers, or you know, I mean, they yeah. they, they let them ad lib, and and you yes. get some brilliant stuff out of that.
1: I just watched *Hail Caesar* last night. By everybody panned it, I enjoyed half, it. It's probably
3: half improv
1: <laughs> but but I would say it's also the energy of the performer to yeah. be that open to be like okay, I gotta sell it, gotta be myself, gotta relax and sell them on it and to be that flexible.
3: Or to just take a character and go with it. and Just like let it be be authentic enough to and and in your body and in your character enough to be able to do that like you did.
2: But to give your actors that room and to have it truly be a collaborative process Mm -hmm. where the, you know, what ends up happening is because everyone has contributed something from their unique creative flow and then it becomes this magical thing and it was amazing, and, and I would always do things. I was allowed to improvise after every single scene I ever did for four seasons. They would let me improvise afterwards. they probably afterwards. enjoyed it yeah. too on set, They though. did, yeah. and then I would be at home on Friday nights at 9pm with popcorn <laughs> crossing my fingers, wondering if anything crazy that I said would end up... Yeah. So in one episode, I'm supposed to be... Um, uh, talking about my boyfriend Cholho and I said, oh, Cholho mad at me like time I put fist, bad place get stuck. Oh, oh. I, I improvised that. They left it in oh because the God. word fist is not one of the seven words that you're not allowed to say. Oh. And I went like this and I mean. It is
1: not because of Suzanne Monson. Yes.
4: <laughs> in, in our pilot when Jamie, Jamie says to me, I, I walk up to Jamie and I say on your left and he says if I go this way can I? Can you still see me? Yeah. And I say I can see. I can always see you, Callahan. I improv that line, and they kept it in. And I was I was I was over the moon when I actually saw it come out. But was it was like, a perfect yeah. button to to
1: yeah. to that scene. And then we see the robot episode later, where yeah. the note, where you take the note out, like <laughs> yeah. like you do see see all. Um, real quickly, you guys, when you're given the same role over and over, like you're like, oh god, okay, another typical role. Do you still do it with all the vigor, or do you tell your agent, like, no, I'm not going to do these kind of parts anymore?
4: I personally don't think there's a such thing as a typical role. Every role is different. Even if you're playing a homeless cat in two different movies, it's a different situation, so it's a different role.
1: Did you just say homeless cat? Yeah. Because you love your cats. Sure. Calico cats. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah. You guys, I do my research. How many cats do you have at this point, J. Lewis? I only have two. For now, Only. that I NBC to, money, he's gonna have like yeah. a cat hotel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
4: had to get two because I didn't want the one. They were yeah. sisters, and I, I broke. I bought. I got one first, and I brought her home. And I couldn't sleep because I was like, dude, you left her sister there, and they're just kittens, and they don't know anybody. Oh my God. So to go 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 on go. on the show, he's this like stone cold, like, yeah. what? Right?
1: And then now he's like, no, my you, kittens, have you seen
5: the pictures? Want, <laughs> look at them. You want him to spoon you. <laughs> that was on episode two. <laughs>
1: I know. (laughs) I know that man. (laughs) But Suzanne, when somebody says, we want you to play an over-the-top Asian woman, can you do the accent, do you go like, again?
2: Well, here's the thing. Before I created this stand-up comedy character that was my doing, it was my idea, and I knew exactly what I was doing and why, I thought that I was incapable of doing the accent because people, I would go into auditions, you know, when I first started acting, and people would go, Could you do that more Asian? And I'm thinking, I'm 100% Asian, so whatever I'm doing is Asian. What do you want me to like yeah. go like this, like <laughs> buck my teeth, like all oh, like that? Um, I'm
1: sorry to our Asian audience.
2: <laughs> but I mean, you know, what does that mean exactly? And now, this public service. We now. just lost our sponsorship from
1: Panda Express. <laughs> <laughs> no more orange chicken, everybody. It's shut down. Oh,
2: man. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, I realized that when when I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, uh, then I realized I could do the accent flawlessly because my mother speaks exactly like that. All the Korean women from Korean Christian Church when I was little, they all speak like this. It was a it was an attitudinal shift because I'm really good at dialects and accents. I just didn't want to do it before mm-hmm. until I I created something that I could I could take a character that even if it was written stereotypically. I could bring a depth to it. I could make people fall in love with this fully three-dimensional human being, and then it can't be written off as some cartoon character.
3: Because you know people like that in your own life. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like you just blame somebody else that you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You
1: guys, you cannot believe that the episode's already over. What? <laughs> what? No, oh, I mean, wow. we're still on the air, but still. Oh. <laughs> um, what I love is how much different energy and how we couldn't be more different like if somebody cast us in like uh, like a survivor episode, right? We'd
5: be the most special episode ever.
1: <laughs> well, you got the production company. <laughs>
5: I do. I do. I'm except on it.
1: Jay Lewis is I network money, so Who's I don't know if we can afford it. We're gonna
5: we're gonna talk
1: after this. <laughs> but I'm so happy that I, I hope this is the new energy of Hollywood that we're so different. But we all come from different stories of adversity that we overcome, and we know in entertainment every day is a struggle, from big to small to, to to everything.
5: I think the 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 greatest thing that I'm hearing about this is that there it's the authenticity of like letting her have this moment of of improv at the end of this because maybe. a, a Guy who's a Jewish guy and he's white and whatever he can't write the lines that will come authentically out of her and so that's kind of you know where we're heading I'm hopeful. I'm I, I know
1: that we have to wrap up I just have to tell this quick story I was yeah. hanging out with Larry King this weekend because you know that's what stop I do stop it <laughs>
5: and he was talking Talk about about st- diversity so <laughs>
1: and but he was talking about Steven Spielberg uh, he loved the color purple he loved the novel by Alice Walker and he wanted to do it and then he was like you know what I can't do it I'm a Jewish white guy how can I direct it Alice Walker who wrote Color Purple said were you a shark when you directed Jaws
5: Mm.
1: and it's about your talent and your skill and so Hollywood needs to stop looking at
5: just thinking outside of the box yeah Yep.
1: yeah
3: well the the fact is there's inspiration everywhere you are you know and in every person I mean I'm the stories I've heard tonight are are all so different and yet they have something in common And I'm excited
1: so. too as as a as an entertainer I'm like yeah we could do this like let's go we're at Sunset Hour <laughs> Studio. let's just go into Shanta rhymes does all of her shows here we should just go on set Yeah Be like here here we is
5: we'll have our own flag and we'll start a march we'll do a parade let's do a parade tonight I'll I'll sing hello dolly let the parade pass them by
1: okay so our our (laughs) listeners Jay Lewis where can our listeners follow you I know that every Wednesday at 8pm we're watching Heartbeat on NBC and catch up on the episodes once you watch one episode you'll be hooked
4: Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at at J. Lewis Mills Instagram at J. Lewis Mills and Facebook, JLo Smills. Awesome, and it's two Ls. Yeah, but I haven't seen any cat pics, so
1: I'm like, do I follow? Do I not um, follow? There's a
4: couple. There's a couple on there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Susan.
2: Uh, You can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Suzanne Huang, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-W-H-A-N-G. I have a website, SuzanneHuang.com. I'm also really proud of this Profiles of Hope campaign from the L.A. County Department of Mental Health. If you go to YouTube and type in Profiles of Hope, Suzanne Huang, there's a 30-second PSA about my journey with cancer. And there's also a 10-minute full interview where they came over to my house and interviewed me for many hours and condensed it into something that I'm really proud of. And at the end, it basically has a, a hotline number for people, because we're not even talking about mental health. I mean, come on, right. it's 2016. People need to come out of the closet about all of this stuff and just start talking about it and admitting that you've got stuff that's going wrong and you need help. And so, I'm really proud of that.
1: And I'm proud of you. You, you put up pictures of um after your surgery and you're like, you know what, I'm not going to get reconstructive surgery. This is who I am. This is how
2: it looks. And it's beautiful. Deal with it. And Facebook censored it because you can't have female nipples. So somebody cut and pasted some male nipples and put them over my female nipples and that picture was allowed to stay up on Facebook.
1: But we can hear Trump speak. But anyway. They're not that different. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Crazy, right? insane. Katie Sullivan working our So
5: on Twitter, I'm... uh, What's up
1: with that? You have a different last name on Twitter.
5: No. Well... I'm Kate Bridget S. on Twitter. Well, Katie Selvin. You look for Oh, Katie yeah, it's Selvin. exactly the with same. With a Y. Katie. With a Y. It's not I.E. I'm super different from everybody else. Um, but I have a fan page on on Facebook, too. Katie Selvin. You can with open who up who who letters I. with your legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like go, go, gadget. Like I have all oh sorts my of appendages. <laughs> when you're coming like
1: back, let's be roommates. <laughs> yes, please. And scene. <laughs> and Mr. Paul Bradley.
3: Yes. Um, well, you can find my book on Amazon. It's uh, The Spirit King. Um, Good read, you guys. He just read the book in like and Barnes and one day. And Barnes and Nobles on the Nook. Um, uh, also, my website is for my musical is dreamsthemusical.com. Um, it's was called Dreams, and now it's called Chasing Dreams. It's been through like after 18 years, things change. But the show's the same, and it's it's uh, always evolving, and um, so dreamsthemusical.com, and there's clips of it, and there's readings, all kinds of fun stuff there.
1: And a new character is gonna be added for its Broadway release. Yeah, right. And, <laughs>
3: and when we, <laughs> I was gonna say, when we, do, when we do the film version of The Spirit King, you're all cast in it. Oh, yes.
5: yay! I feel like I should sing an audition right now.
3: <laughs>
1: or rap. That's fine. I feel like you'd be no. a rapper, no. like on the set. You'd be the rapper, like what? No, I'm
5: White like girl a, got back. Yeah, there's <laughs> some like a, cool
3: characters there where you, We'd find somebody You like didn't say that to me, so yes, we're done. please.
1: No. Anyway, oh wait, I almost forgot. I'm yes. doing. I'm
5: doing. Um,
2: I'm doing spiritual stand-up comedy. I'm also a metaphysical minister at Agape Revelations Conference. I don't even know what you conference. just what? said to me. I just love Agape. okay. So Agape in Culver City. Agape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Agape. Oh. Oh. Agape. It's unconditional love. Anyway, I'm doing a sort of metaphysical spiritual stand-up comedy at the Agape Revelations <laughs> Conference conference banquet on Saturday night you can go to agapelive.com to learn about that and then I'm doing the vagina monologues um, on with Sunday Shana night at, at, with oh,
1: Sheena Metal at the
2: Atwater wow. Village Theater so come to that
1: I would love to see your vagina talk <laughs> anyway
2: everybody it's not horizontal like the myth goes oh. just so you know <laughs>
1: <Wow>. mine is <laughs> anyway you guys this has been such a fun episode I can't wait to have you all back let's go dominate Hollywood thank you something. to Kurt thank you to UVN thank you to our sponsors. <laughs> uh, we have we, Sherry Terry is coming in. Uh, we have Barbara Eden coming in. Like, it just, it's just, it's fun. Okay, goodbye, and, everybody. And, and, and. And, and, This has been On the Rocks with Alexander. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Find me on Facebook on On the Rocks Radio Show. Tweet me or Instagram me at air.